My name is Matt Brown. White will inbound. It's off the smart for the seventh game. No, tipped in, but the buzzer sounded. The white was on. It'll be reviewed. I don't think he got that in in time. Great effort by Derek White. And didn't I say you have? Oh, they're saying on the floor they're counting it. You have to protect the offensive rebounding. Oh, he got he rid of it. He That's sure a did. Celtic and win and we're going to game seven. The Celtics are going to win. There's a game seven back in Boston. And spoiler alert, the Celtics lost the Heat advance. Now let's start the show. Hey, defense. Hey, listen to me. You need to make some shots. You too. Coach, tell them they need to make some shots. The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, June 1st. That's right. It is June 1st. Happy Pride Month. Happy June. Happy summer, 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 and happy NBA Finals, everybody. And we have such a great show for you. Preview in the NBA Finals. But before we do that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prod Convo Pod, Facebook at Productive Conversations, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. In what has turned out to be a postseason for the ages, we are at the final part of this incredible story known as the 2022 NBA playoffs. The NBA finals tip off tonight, Thursday, June 1st, and it's your Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat. The Denver Nuggets were nothing but dominant during their stretch going through the Western Conference, being a dominant team and knocking out the Timberwolves, knocking out the Suns and knocking out the Los Angeles Lakers. And now they are here in their first ever NBA Finals. Then we have the Miami Heat. And they have had some Cinderella story. They lose the first playing game to Atlanta. They defeat Chicago. They defeat Milwaukee. They defeat New York Knicks. They defeat the Boston Celtics in what will be known as one of the most bizarre Easter Conference Finals. And this is what we have all been waiting for. The NBA Finals, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets versus Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. How about that? This is going to be fun. We are going to be in it every step of the way. We're going to cover this NBA Finals from top to bottom, give you analysis and insight after almost every single game, and let's simply see who is going to be the champions of the National Basketball Association. This is pretty cool. I think both teams are deserving. I think both teams have had some journey to get here, and it's going to be all entertainment from here, and I really think we're going to get a great NBA Finals. So the crew is with us. Let us soak it all in. Let us talk NBA Finals, and let's preview this matchup right here, right now. So this is the crew tonight. We have Hayden, Bars, Fresh Faces, Alex, and myself. And let us talk all things NBA Finals. Let's preview this matchup, and let's see where this whole thing takes us. So let's do it, guys. It's all of your turn. It's the productive NBA crew. Everybody's here with us tonight. Bars, A. Young, Hayden, Faces, and myself. This is going to be great. 
Really, really great. All right, guys, it's your turn. Let's talk the 2023 NBA Finals. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. When's it my turn? What an I love. Love to explore that shore up above. You got the voice of an yeah, angel, man. It seems like a good idea to Out start with of the Disney sea. coming after us for copyright. Wish I can be. Oh, wait, sorry, this is the wrong podcast. Sorry, sorry, I thought we were reviewing The Little Mermaid. The NBA Finals have kicked off, or will kick off, this Thursday, June 1st, 2023. We have two franchises who had some run to get to this spot. First, we have the Miami Heat in what is a miraculous story. Losing the playing game, coming back. Lose to Atlanta, defeat Chicago. They take care of the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. They defeat the New York Knicks in six. And then they compete in an Eastern Conference Finals, which is no doubt one of the bizarre series of our lifetime. And they are back in the NBA Finals, first time since 2020. And now in the West Coast, a team that dominated all season long and kicking ass. They defeat the T-Wolves, they defeat the Phoenix Suns, and they defeat the Los Angeles Lakers, and they are in their first ever NBA Finals. So that brings it, the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat. Right off the bat, before we get into Game 1, before we talk about each team individually and hit on the Celtics a little bit as well, and some other interesting NBA tidbits like a new CBA deal. Guys, tell me right away, what do you think about the Heat versus the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. What do you mean? Let me let me start it off saying this. Like, like I'm boys, asking your initial reactions from this matchup right now. I told y'all boys the Heat would get here. I told y'all. I have not been consistently on the show, but, <laughs> but I told y'all the Heat was going to make it here. And now that we here, I got to get my best Kendrick Perkins on real quick and just let y'all know. Right, the Miami Heat are gonna take the Nuggets in six. Oh, you're That's out of your fucking you're, you're out of your fucking mind. Wait, hold on, Matt. Matt, Matt when you're, you're, you're out of your mind, <laughs> Matt. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. put up the little pieces of this, I need you to take a picture the the bar saying I told you guys and compare it to who he said was actually gonna win when we did this at the beginning of the playoffs. Because there's no way the only one of us who got anywhere close is me. <laughs> I, I, was had, the I had one. one of the best predictions of all time that San Diego State will make the national championship. I did that. I came on and said that on here. He, he was there for that. Yes, he did. Uh, I did. I did say that. So I, I'll give myself some credit for that. This one. is but, going to, to maybe six, but this is not going to – Denver's going to win this. I mean, I, Listen, I, they I, I think – three, they're going to. I think every game is going to be close in the series. Like, I don't think they're going to blow them out in every game. Like Miami has a great zone defense with Eric Spolstra, who's – one of the best, yeah, probably not one of the best coaches. I think he's the best coach in the NBA, arguably. Okay, I, like, I, I really believe how that. How do you beat but, a zone? You put a big man who can pass in the middle of the zone. And I, mean, I don't know like, about you, but like Nikola Jokic is kind of good I think the at X passing. factor in this series is going to be Jamal Murray because they're all going to be fixated on Jokic. I mean, Jokic is going to get his his buckets, obviously. But like that's what I think the, the difference in the series is going to be is that the Nuggets have a good number two. I think Jamal Murray as a number two is much better than Bam out of Bayou as, as them two for, for, uh, I'm for sorry. Um, Miami. Jimmy Butler is the number two to Caleb Barton. Oh, yeah. We don't, course, need course, number, like we, don't need, we don't need Bam out of Bayou when we got our six, seven, and eight guys 
stepping up like you they absolutely need Dan. You absolutely need no Dan hope of stopping Jokic without him. Listen, we got Kevin Love, Cody Zeller. We got. I'm some pretty big sure I can score Kevin Love. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I can score, score Kevin, Kevin Love. But Cody Zeller is going to give you maybe not the offensive prowess, but he's going to give you some smart basketball like you. Come on. Like, if you got to like. Who is Cody Zeller? Who is he going to guard? Like, is he going to guard Jokic? He got played off the floor against Rob Williams and Al Horford. And they're like combined, not even anywhere close as good as Jokic. I mean, Rob Williams is a much more physical center, and he actually provided a lot of offense. More physical than Jokic. He just jumps higher. He's more physical than Cody Zeller. The one thing I will say about Denver is that they haven't necessarily played a team as defensively good as Miami because Miami was the number one defense in the entire league in terms of points against. So um, that could be so that could be. Uh, wasn't the Lakers the number one in defense in the playoffs? No, not, they are uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, but not in the regular well, season. Miami was number one. So I mean, I, I feel like uh, Miami has a has a different, little bit of a different offensive scheme than, than the Lakers did. But um, like I said, I actually think every game is going to be close in this series. But I would take the Nuggets in five. Like, like, okay, I see. I, I see how y'all say that because the Nuggets are the number one seed in the West. They got Jamal Murray. They got the two-time MVP in Jokic. But at the same time, let's look at the rest of them, right? You got Aaron Gordon, great defensively, great defensively. You got KCP, he can shoot the ball. You got Michael Porter Jr., great offensively. What do they all lack? Defense, except Aaron Gordon. Defense. I mean, I think what it's going to come down to in this series is that Miami has just—they're able to score the ball, score, score, score the ball a little bit better than than uh, than Miami can. They have just have more depth. They're more, they have more guys. Guys can score the ball besides, uh, besides, um, besides, besides uh, more than Miami. Bigger. Bruce Brown. They got so a, much bigger. Like yeah, they're bigger. Big difference. And so like, was and so was the Celtics. I mean, you got, saw two guys, yeah, you got two guys. Yeah, you got two guys averaging, you know. Boston. There's nobody in Boston Denver. Who, who who is Michael Porter Jr.'s mentality? Who's he's gonna see Gabe Vincent trying to guard him, and he's gonna shoot 45 times a game, like. <laughs> and, and if if not for if not for your lucky ass player in the like I don't know the best player on the Celtics team like during that series, Derek White, I would I called Heat in six against the Celtics. I called that one too. They, so, who do you think is going to guard Jokic for the for the um, like, Miami Heat? Like, I mean, the Miami, primary ball defender. I mean, Miami, it's going to be Bam. Miami, Miami, like y'all said, Miami plays a really good zone, but their man is also really good too, and they switch really, really well. Yeah, they, you can't they make switch a lot of switches. You can't switch on Jokic, but you can you can elite like they're going to double him, is what I see. Like, okay, that's a problem. So you can't double the Jokic either. Because you're going to get Aaron Gordon's going to average four alley oops a game if you double him. Who? Aaron Gordon's going to average four alley oops a game if you double him. Hey, listen, I'd rather I'd rather take Aaron Gordon, like, throwing up an alley oop and us probably catching that as opposed to Jokic. No, no, he's going to catch threes, it from Jokic. Swacking threes in people's faces from, like, with no effort, with a dirt kick. I don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> that shit is unbelievable. <laughs> No, I watched those highlights. I watched those highlights, but I'll have to say another thing too. What test, like who, what storm have the Nuggets really weathered this playoffs? They play, uh, they played the, Devin they played the, turning on 2K mode and forgetting how to yeah, shoot for almost three straight games. Okay, also, that's great. Also, he, he, Anthony Davis is a better defender than anybody on um on Miami. True, that's very true, true. Yeah. Now, now let's break this down. Let's break this down, right? Devin Booker went 2K mode, right? Everyone else's sliders were turned off. Everyone else's sliders were turned off. Yeah, that, that, nobody. That Davis, no help. Anthony Davis dropped fucking forty. 
and it still wasn't enough. You feel what I'm saying? Because LeBron is old, and they basically put the team, that team together at a trade deadline. You know what I'm saying? They had no real chemistry to get together, bond, and gel. They had no mesh on that team. And then they played the fucking Timberwolves, my guy. The Timberwolves, who's always, like, who will be perennial bottom-tier playoff teams in the West, like, for, like, the next three years. Yeah, but, well, but guys, like, I'll just finish your thought really quick. The problem with that is the Miami doesn't have anything. They have, like, shittier versions than everything they play. Like, Jimmy Butler's not going to sh- miss seven times in two games. Like, Bam and Abayo's not going to turn into Anthony Davis. Like, they've already dealt with those things. They're just – it's a you're lesser right. version of things that they dealt with. So it's not like – right. like, your argument is counterintuitive. You can't argue that um, Miami – Jimmy went, Gian- Jimmy went to Boston and got six steals. Jimmy went to Boston and got six steals. Look at the steals that Jimmy averaged for that entire run against Boston. Yeah, because Jalen Brown can't Wait. dribble. And uh, uh, and Giannis was, hurt dribble. That, Giannis was hurt in that first series, too. But he was, he was hurt. Well, guys, I really appreciate and the pro to start. Excuses. And That's what I hear. Excuses. The boys is going down. So Miami let us, got good basketball IQ. So great goal. Great stuff to start off the bat. Now, let's just put a little structure in this. And we'll first talk about the Heat, the keys to victory for them, then Denver, and then um, we'll take it from there. So focusing on the Miami Heat, and we know their story, and it's pretty impressive, with Jimmy Butler, Bam, and a bunch of players undrafted, led by Eric Spolstra, who clearly is making his case as the best current NBA coach, if not the best next to uh, Greg Popovich. But according to this right here, guys, tell me some of the keys to victory specifically for Miami to win it all. This is a general question. Is Tyler Hero coming back? Like, do we, do we Game three, game three, game three. Game three. Yeah. Yeah. He should be back sometime this series, yes. Yeah, they think he's supposed to be back game three. Okay. Yeah, the only way they win is Jokic, like, gets hurt. <laughs> that, that's or it. Jamal like, Murray get hurt. I, I think they could survive that. They'll just play Christian uh, Braun. I don't think. I mean, also what you also what you also have to realize is that, that Miami's going to be playing at high altitude. Uh, I actually saw the altitude that was, I want to say it was like five thousand feet above ground, and it was. Like yeah, how much of, does you have to you have to also say that's going to play an X factor for Miami who's not used to playing in that they altitude. They say that every year, but as like, opposed that's to that's going to affect um, them for like one game, or as four. opposed to as opposed yeah, to Denver who's been playing there all year. So and is used to it. So I don't. I don't really know. Going from Miami to Denver is a completely like one's barely above sea level and one's above, like the Rocky Mountains. It's a. They say that they very say that in the NFL. They say that in the NFL, and people go to Denver and get dubs all the time. Like literally, out in the okay, cold. That's just because they had a bad team this year. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, can't, you can't compare the Broncos to the Denver Nuggets. Well, you're also playing outdoors. You're also playing outdoors. No, I'm. I'm. I'm comparing altitude. So the altitude shouldn't matter much inside the building. You know, well, wins, but no, it's still going to matter. It's still going to matter. You're 100. Still going to matter. It just depends on how long it's going to matter. Is it going to be game one and then game two they're set, or is it going to be the first two games and the Heat have no idea how to adjust to it? Because supposedly it's an adjustment period and it takes weeks for some people to okay. get adjusted. Right. First off, they're like they're professional <laughs> players. They played in Miami multiple times during the season. It's not like this is like Denver. Denver something new that they don't have to do. You suck wind for like a for like five minutes and they'll be fine. Yeah, and Miami is also those players are playing in humidity all the time. Like they're in awful conditions. I hate going to Florida because you run around for two seconds and you're dead. So those guys are conditions too. I, I don't know why okay, people are like, saying the, such a big storyline. The story last line. time I, 
the I last wouldn't say it's Miami a big storyline, but it's something to it's something that may be consider have to be considered. The last time Miami had an issue with like heat stuff was in 2014 when LeBron crept because the San Antonio Spurs turned the uh, AC off. Like, let's not pretend that's going to be an issue either. Nah, I really feel like it's going to be a pretty climate controlled building. Um, like you said, altitude might play a small factor, but these guys travel all the time. Like, altitude shouldn't be that much of a factor, in my opinion, but like it is what it is. So, Keys to victory for me, I believe. Like I'll, I'll be uh, my unbiased opinion, right? For the for the Nuggets, Joker got to go off. He's been having triple doubles the entire um the entire playoff. He's averaging a triple double. They got to stop yeah. that thirty point. They got to stop that. In order to stop that, you got to first of all hold that man to under ten assists. Let him rebound the place off, but hold him to under ten assists. If you can hold him to under ten assists. Like hold him to like about five, seven, seven assists. That's one big key to victory. You got to cut down his passing, make him score the ball. Like we saw, like we saw Anthony Davis, you could score forty points and still lose the game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, yeah, okay, Denver I did sweep. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm kind of gonna disagree with you a little bit there. Like, I, I think Miami's key to victory would be to limit Jamal Murray. Um, I think Jamal Murray is gonna be the X factor in that player because Jokic is gonna get his. I mean, Jokic is gonna. They only, they, they got uh, he's, he's gonna average twenty five, thirty. He's he's gonna get his. Like, you can't well, necessarily pre- prevent a player from that from getting his. I think what you really got to do is prevent Jamal listen, Murray and their other secondary players from scoring because they've they've been a balanced unit throughout the playoffs, and I think that's. You're what gonna. I feel all right. So what it, what it, what they need for him, and they showed it with the Rui match. Rui Hachimura matchup is you need somebody who's going to disrupt him. Rui may be a good defender, but he know Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler might be on Jokic at least 35 to 40% of the defensive time, like literally, like handling some of that defensive position on Jokic. Bam is quick, and he can get out to the line, and and he can guard Jokic from out there. Yeah, Jokic might get a couple threes on him, yeah, because he's taller and bigger, but – he can actually, Bam might actually be able to hold him, disrupt his handles a little bit because he's a big man. So he should be able to do something with that. They um lock him up real quick. But, but, Isn't Miami in order, like in order, winning five against against Denver in the last like three years or something. I, I'll I confirm know. that. Yes, but, uh, Miami, Miami lost twice to like, Denver this year, but they were both but it's games. Like, But it's like, it's like, it's just simple. For the, for the Nuggets, your offensive players have to play, they have to be on and they have to at least carry some weight on defense, legitimately. Aaron Gordon can't defend the whole team. I see what you're saying. KCP got a little bit of defense. Jimmy Butler's the second worst player he's had to guard the entire playoffs. Second worst player he's had to guard the entire playoffs? Yeah, he's been, he went from I don't I think he was guarding Anthony Edwards the first round to Kevin Durant to LeBron to to Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler, he's like even shitty LeBron is still better than Jimmy Butler. I don't know about that. I kind of don't. Yeah, know LeBron, about LeBron, that. LeBron, James has, was, LeBron James was an All NBA third team this year. LeBron James was not like LeBron James had a great year this year. Even even yeah. in spite of everything, I mean LeBron's Listen, still incredible this year. This Cinderella underdog story is going to be real great because everyone's sleeping on the Heat right now. Everyone needs, sees the power that the Nuggets I, have. I I wouldn't say everyone's sleeping on the Heat. I would say people are just giving the Nuggets their due, like which people haven't given and the Nuggets their due like, throughout the entire playoffs. So I think people are finally realizing, hey, this team is pretty is pretty good. How they not given like the Miami hasn't due. played a team for MVP. Sweep, they swept it. They swept the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, but the sweep of the Lakers is not as bad as people thought. Like, 
some of those Laker games were a possession or two away of being a closer series. It was like a weird sweep. Like it One was of like the more competitive sweep. sweeps. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> thank you, Matt. It's like the same thing alike. Like we were just like it was a competitive sweep. Like the Lakers missed a few buckets and they would have been right in that series. It wasn't yeah, like they're getting blown up by twenty every single game. That's what I think is going to happen with the series. Like it's going to be pretty close, but like every game is going to be close between Miami and Denver. This is what I mean. If Denver wants to keep Miami out of the game, they need to stop them from scoring. The only person that can stop Miami from scoring is Miami. When they okay, start but shooting hold on. Bad but, but like, here's the thing with Miami. If what happens when Miami, like where they have a game six where Jimmy and Bam can't hit the broad side of the barn, Denver's not going to collapse the same way that Boston did. That game's going to end in like 10 minutes. Like they're going to pull that game up. And what if Jimmy has a game like he did in game one? I mean, I would say 95% of the game. I mean, what I also think is an X factor in the series is that Miami's been there in the bubble. Like they already played in the finals. Like they know what it takes. Like they have more, they have more playoff experience than Denver. Than Denver, so like I, I would say they have, no they have a coach. Experience. They have a that coach who's been there. Different. They have a coach who's been there, and they have a team that's been there. So I think that also has a little bit to do with it. Like that's what I Miami. think could be an X factor Sorry. for Miami is that they have Look, more experience. The only way Denver. I think that's a really an X factor, and this is my big gripe with Denver's offense from time to time, is if Jamal Murray thinks it's Jamal Murray time and he starts yeah. chucking things up. Like that's always my biggest issue. Is like sometimes he takes too many possessions. It's fine when Jokic is on the bench. And they don't have a, a fulcrum. But when Jokic is on the floor, Jamal Murray should not have like four or five possessions where he's dribbling out the clock and then doing a Jamal right. Murray show. Like, like don't that's forget. what's going to be a problem. Don't forget also, the Heat. The Heat have been to the finals more time than any team since 06. No. Wait. This is their no. sixth finals. Yes. Well, Pat Riley's finals been to 25% of the NBA finals. That's mm-hmm. a wild stat. Pat Riley has been in a quarter of the NBA finals, 25%. I heard that stat today. That's right. Either as a player, coach, or executive. Wait, no, that's not true because Golden State's been to six. They, no, Miami's been to seven. This is Miami's seventh. You have the four LeBrons the and then the two Wades and then yeah. this one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyways, those are different. T- but um, yeah, like regardless. Eric Spolster has been to the finals. Seven times, he's got finals experience. Okay, but like the, the finals players, that didn't, are there, didn't uh, it's like three guys? Didn't, didn't Pat Riley yeah. coach that team in 06? Yes, he did. He's either been the player, yeah, so a, wouldn't it be a, a coach and executive? But like the Spolster has the been there six times. Just to clarify, Spolster has been there six. Okay, this this will be yeah. his seven. Oh yeah, but are you counting as like an executive and coach or pa- or, or like because no, like Pat Riley is all of it? Players, executive, coach, like he's been, yeah. Because okay, okay. But like, culture in Miami is built the way like it's it's built okay, on scouting and developing had, like finals minutes. It's like four: Jimmy, Bam, Tyler Hero, Kevin Duncan Love. Robinson, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love. Okay, but like a majority of them have. It. And, okay, and let's look at final experience. Yeah, that's Jeff one. Green's that's been one finals. Point. Jeff Green's been to uh, the finals, yes. So it's KCP. But when you look at the finals experience on the on Miami Heat, it's even it, it outweighs what's on the Nuggets. But like a but like one series, it's not. I don't think no. it's that big. A Dog, listen. I get, I'll give the Nuggets their flowers when we put them in a the box. 
So, so elaborating on that, what does Denver have to do to stop this Miami team? They got to play defense. They got to make sure they score. They got to stop Miami. They got to blow Miami out within the first two, like two quarters, literally. You muted yourself. I but mean, like, <laughs> once you have, have Miami within, sorry about the technical difficulty. Once you have Miami within a 10 point gap, look at every 10 point gap that they've been in in the series, they'll come back. Even in game six in, in, in Boston, I mean, in, in Miami, they came back. Like Yeah, because this, this is like, the most, but this is the best, most consistent offense they've played against. Like Denver, like but Milwaukee was collapsing by the end of that series. Um, other than Jalen Brunson, nobody on the Knicks wanted to shoot the ball. And then Boston can't finish a game all season. Like the, Denver's not going to have those problems. Like, that's why, like, it's different when you say, oh, yeah, you got to keep them within 10. They're so live. But part of that comes from the fact that the teams that they're playing, their late game execution is dog shit. Like, Denver's not going to have that issue. I think the issue for Denver is basically just don't get rattled by the fact that, like, one game Gabe Vincent's going to hit a three or or a couple games Duncan Robinson. Like, Duncan Robinson is not going to be taking guys off the dribble in in Denver that he was in Boston. Like, that's absurd. We will see. We will see. Michael Porter Jr. is not going to get as loose as he was. Like, why? Hold on. He's hold six on. foot ten. There's like three players on Miami who are that tall. <laughs> You're right. You are correct. There are six. There are players that are that tall. Jimmy Butler will take Michael Porter out the game. Okay. Well, I mean, then Jamal Murray's going to cook everybody else. Who is Jamal Murray? Yo, Jimmy, Jamal Jimmy Murray. Bam Jamal Murray. Can, Jamal Murray can only cook for so much. Against good offense, I mean good defense. We'll find out. Like I he said, did score thirty in one half this in this postseason. Who tested? In, in what team was that? Lakers. Yeah, we're talking about an old. We're talking about a, a, a team about as fast as my grandma. <laughs> okay, but, but that team, this, but, like, but the yeah, that that Miami, t- wait, you know, the team as fast as your grandma with the with the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, this it is an interesting one team mostly dominated. They only lost three games during their four rounds, and Miami just keeps playing and playing and playing. And that's one of the questions I have for you all here. Do you think it matters that the Denver Nuggets had 10 days off compared to the Heat, who just had exhausted themselves to get here, literally scratched and clawed their way to an NBA Finals? Um, I actually think sometimes the layover is not such a good thing. Um, when you have a 10-day layover, a lot of times like in the NFL playoffs, um, it's actually not a good thing because you can't get in yourself in game mode. So I feel like if they've had 10 games off, they may lose a little bit of focus. So I, I think they're going to come out a little bit sluggish in game one. Like expect, my, expect Miami to, I feel like, lead that game at halftime. I think Miami is going to be leading by back five, like close to 10 points to half in the first half. But then I think my uh, I think Denver is going to be up. Denver's going to get C-Lex back and – but, I mean, for I mean, me, it's, sorry. It's like, weird, uh, it's weird like, that. also, because normally when they have that break, they go, oh, you want to rest your younger guy, your older guys, because usually it's, like, vet guys who are, like, leading the charge. But Denver, they're all kind of young. Like, Jokic is, like, 28. He's, like, the oldest guy that they really rely on. Other than, like, Jeff Green, who's, like, 4 million years old, uh, they don't got, like, guys that they're, they're, they're going to run to. Like, I think they're fine. I, I think – it's mostly just for them to to deal with going over his own defense, how to break his own defense, or whatever Miami's pet plays yeah. have been over the last two weeks. I mean, it's a little harder with Miami because every ten minutes they um, they have a different guy going off because they have like four players left available. Um, 
but I, I, I don't think it'll make it on Twitter. So I, I think I, it's I, I, close to what Hayden said. Do I have a little room for some satire real quick? Um, uh, how many rings does Jeff Green have? One, I think. I think he was on that. Um, was he on the, the Cavs team that won? I think that would be the only one who won. He might have I been think, there. I, yeah, I think. I think he. I think he got to that Cavs team after they won. Okay, so KCP has a ring. Yeah. So listen, this is the funny thing, right? Jeff Probably Green. Like, Jeff Green has uh, never won the NBA Finals before. Yeah, Jeff Green, Blake Griffin, they fall under players that I call cursed. Like, you put these guys on your team, you ain't winning shit. Boston put, put Blake Griffin on the team, look what happened. They ain't winning shit. Chris Paul on the Suns, ain't gonna win. Listen, <laughs> certain players are just, like, cursed to never win anything. Like, and, and, and that's the little satire part. Like, let's be like now let's be honest and real. Jeff Green, he's got a lot of experience. And he's going to carry some um, Udonis Haslam type leadership into the Nuggets. Except he you plays. know, huh? Except he plays. Udonis Haslam doesn't play. <laughs> no, Udonis Haslam doesn't play. <laughs> he does not play. He's like he's like your grandfather that don't leave the that don't leave the couch. You know what I'm saying? You know he means business, but he ain't gonna get up. Like it, it's just it's it's just <laughs> like like seriously like no. Nah, all jokes aside, for the Heat to win. <laughs> We can't we can't be shooting a galore of threes. That's what I was. You know what I'm saying that's what we I was going to say. If, that's what killed Boston. They died for, by the three. for the X factor, like in for like Denver. I would say like just being able to stop the three because like I, I feel like Miami doesn't have enough players that can attack the hoop, quite like Denver does. So if like I feel like if you if you can like neutralize the three pointer, um, Miami's <laughs> not going to have enough players that can attack the hoop. With with all the Debo down, with Tyler Hero down. Um, those first three games, uh, those first what two games till Tyler Hero gets back, like you're gonna see like not too much hoop like rim like rim attacking, but then again at the same time, the Nuggets don't got no fucking rim protectors. So like, I you're think Miami, say, you're not gonna. Say I think Yoke Miami can, will push the paint and pretend. Fuck no, he gets a couple blocks, but he ain't no he ain't no Anthony Davis. He ain't no Rudy Gobert. He's, he ain't not, no he's not a block guy. He's a he's a poke the ball out of your hands as you're going up with it guy. Like yeah, what, yeah, that the guy, guy still got the guy still got like twelve rebounds a game. So like, I would say he can you know rebound and defend a little. He bit. can rebound. Nope. He's gonna he's gonna call. He's gonna have to. He's gonna impact the game where he's gonna impact the game. He's a big man. He better be fucking rebounding. That's all I know. He no rebounds, no court. rings. Also, what version of Kyle Lowry are you getting every night? Like, what happened? That's been a problem too. Like the problem with Miami is big booty Lowry. They're so inconsistent. Like. You you like you can't rely on your guys from game to game. Like you never know what game you're getting out of Kyle Lowry. Man might forget how to play basketball, didn't shoot the ball for like oh another week. I mean, um, Kyle still averaged like at least ten points this this like like at least ten like twelve points this this playoffs. I, I can say that much at least a few yeah, rebounds. He's had some pretty terrible games. Like it's it's Denver's just more consistent. Yeah, they're more consistent, but Kyle Lowry runs that second unit. He <laughs> runs that second unit. And they push the ball. That second unit pushed the ball way more than the first unit does. Kyle Lowry controls the pace. So, like, you think Miami could still win that series if, like, Gabe Vincent all of a sudden goes cold and, like, it hasn't been, like, playing out of his mind or Caleb Martin doesn't have a great series like he did last series? Like, I don't personally – I don't think – Caleb Martin's been averaging 19, almost 20 points this this entire playoffs. Caleb Martin was unbelievable. Should have won the Eastern Conference MVP last year. I believe so, too. And that, that, in that series. But, like, let's yeah, say those guys go a little thing. bit cold like, for a stretch. Like, I don't think they can weather that storm, personally. Yeah, I think Denver I has more players. So. 
I think Denver has enough players where if Jokic gets a little bit cold or Jamal Murray, they have enough players behind that that can pick up the load. I personally do not think Miami does. And like, they make it cold, but they don't get cold mentally. So I think they could do it. Uh, yo, listen. listen. It, it's it's – we're making – Spolster is good at making these guys step up. Okay, but like you can't overcome just missing. Like, like, like it doesn't matter how much you like and stuff. If guys, because like the big thing that people talk about, and this is rightfully so, is Miami suddenly remembered how to shoot. Like they were like one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league prior to the playoffs, and now they just everyone decided they're shooting. I think I think it was like ten points higher than they were expected to average. Like that's absurd. And last, and last year we were the best shooting, like one of the best three point shooting teams in the, in the league. So, yeah, but, it's, but it's not like you're taking different shots than you were in the in the regular season. It's just they're they're going like what they, that's just that he's right. Like if they go like even if I think if the percentages drop off just slightly, they're screwed. Yo, you win some, you lose some, but you can't hit every shot. We're not Robert Williams, you know what I'm saying? Like. You can't. Like, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he can't like, get in the Celtics trap, though, right? Like that's what we saw with the Celtics. They were live by a three, die by a three, and when they exactly. die by a three, they died pretty freaking badly. So that's the, the problem heat. with the Heat. I see too that, that if they struggle from the three point line, then they're screwed. But the Heat were shooting fifty percent from the three in that last series. Fifty percent. Yeah, a that's team. unsustainable. That's absurd. Yeah, it's that's, that's the point. We only need 42 percent to win this. 50s, wow. We only need like 37. 50 is wild. 42 you, is still wild. And as you well. still barely, and you still barely beat Boston. They almost, they almost, yeah, probably should have won that series. They could argue. They should never have won that down. series. They should never win that series. You could argue with David like, go down. Bad yeah. officiating and, and hardcore luck, like push them to game, game seven. I don't want to hear that. I mean, yeah, but also their their late game execution, which again is what kept the. Miami and games they shouldn't have been in. Yeah, well, Miami even 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 without them like botching it, Miami has great late game execution. Period. Followed up by great late game defense. Y'all really need to go watch those last like four minutes of those games where but they again, come back and watch that defense. But again, this if the defense in part is predicated on the fact that the team that you're playing or the teams that they have playing do not have the same level of late game execution that Denver does. They literally like, yeah, right? Because it's, it's easier to, to guard my Milwaukee. Cause it's, it's Giannis pick and rolls and then just build the wall. And then Giannis by the end of the series, didn't want to shoot it anymore. It was easy to guard New York because it's Jalen Brunson versus the world. It was easy enough to guard Boston, especially at the end because Jalen Brown went here, have the ball every other possession. Like, and then again, this has been a series long, uh, a season long thing. They forgot that Derek White actually knows how to play and can actually play because that's when they made their comeback in the fourth. And like Denver's not going to have those issues. Yo, you you're sleeping. Miami won't have these issues either. Shut down the best two players on Denver, right? What are they going to do? Literally, nobody has stopped force- Jokic. That's a tall task. <laughs> no, that's exactly. Task. No Shut down one. The two best yes. players. No one tall yet. Task. Shut down. Yo, listen. And let's say Miami could do it, right? Let's say you shut down the two best players in Miami. Their bench is going to go nuts. Let's, I mean, the, the, the heat part's easy because Bam Adebayo barely showed up this postseason. 52 you have points to just stop Jimmy at this bench. point. 52 points from the bench. 52, like, look at the points they're getting from um, these undrafted players. Yeah, I understand. And I see what everyone's like, qualm is against the heat. Yeah, it's nice. And these guys are going to get, maybe get paid because of, depending on the salary cap. But, like, 
Mark my words, he is six. No. We're going to save those for the end, those predictions. But um, um, also breaking news reported by Shabs, just a quick note. Monty Williams of the Detroit Pistons have agreed to a six-year, $72 million deal for Williams to be the new head oh, coach. A great fucking hire. It's a great deal. Yeah, I, I love that hire. Tell me your thoughts about Monty Williams right now. That's an absolutely that's an absolutely fantastic car. I mean, he took the Suns, he completely revamped the culture there. He was he had the most wins. I want to say he had the most wins out of any coach for the last four years when he was was in something like that. Yeah, he did an absolutely he did an absolutely fantastic job with um with uh with the Suns, and I feel like that's a team that needs new energy. Um, so I feel like he's going to give them a rush of jolt a rush rushing the arm and a jolt of energy that they haven't had previously. Um, that team's going to be a playoff team, but I would say his, sec- his second year. They're going to be they're going to be ready. Also, I mean, yeah, it's a he's a good coach for them, but the biggest thing holding them back is Cade. Like, how healthy is Cade going to be? Um, because if he's not healthy, it's not going to matter. He played like 12 games this year or something. Um, like, they're not really going to go anywhere if he's not uh, playing as well. And also, you know, it depends on what they like. They have moved. They they should move up in this draft, but we'll see. I agree with I agree with Bob. Like this yes. is a good this is a good hire for them. This is this him and Nick Nurse are probably the best two coaches for them. And I think Nick Nurse fucked it up going to to uh, to Philadelphia. Why is that? Because Philadelphia is a shit show, and they should blow it up. But doesn't <laughs> he have doesn't he have experience with Daryl Morey? Doesn't he have like some kind of history with him? Uh, no, I think they were together in, they might've been together in Houston. In um, Houston, right? They got yeah. a little bit of history but like, together. But like, like the best case scenario is you bring this team back and like, we know the ceiling of this team is the second round. I'm getting rid of James Harden all fucking day. Like I'm tired of that shit. Yeah. I, well, pick, up well, Jaylen, I pick up a Jalen Brown at this point. I would not pick up Jalen Brown off James Harden. <laughs> I wouldn't actually sign either of them. That's a that's such a disaster, especially the way that the with the second apron is. That's such a disaster to pay Jalen Brown fucking three hundred million dollars or whatever they're about to sign him to. Yeah, that's I would not, never give he's that not much. a super max player. Powers. And after that bum ass performance, eight turnovers, you ain't getting no fucking extension from me. You're getting traded. Like well, bench time. This, this is a good transition about the Celtics right now and a team that could possibly blow it up. So we saw the Celtics were a game away from being the first ever team in the NBA to go down 3-0 in a series and win it all. Now it's 151-0. Even though we saw them pull off one of the outright coolest endings to an NBA game ever, only to lose a couple of days later. And with the uh, Derek White yeah, pushback. Like the fourth team to make a game seven from down 3 out. Or maybe yeah. the fifth. Game. Yeah, it's, n- it's rarely happened. They were the fourth. They were the fourth, I think. Well, I think they could have been the fifth. I don't know. I'm blanking after, on that stat now. But after all this goes down, what's the next step for the Celtics? Do we blow it up or do we try one more time, keep in Missoula with this squad? And if you are extending um, Jalen Brown, and you keep the team mostly the same and you see who you add, what do you do? Blow it up or keep it? Hit that bitch with the Hiroshima. No, I, I don't agree with you on that. No. I think they should keep it. They were within one game of the NBA Finals, arguably, if things had gone their way, they, they would have been in the Finals. Like I actually think Joe Missoula did a fantastic job. Did um, save his job. Considered. I, I do. I actually think like you keep this group intact. Um, Jason Tatum is going to get 
going to get his ring, I feel like. And uh, I feel like they should bank all their money on Jason Tatum. He's really that good. Like, I feel like he's one of the – I feel like he's one of the top – he's probably one of the top ten players in the NBA, if not. And I feel like with his – with his upside, could become one of the top five players in the NBA. I really believe in him that much. Um, that guy, that guy's an absolute star, and I feel like um, I feel like they should be throwing their money on him. I, I don't agree with people who are saying that he's not. I don't agree with that at all. I, I think he, I actually think he, in terms of his playoff performances, he's just like, he's on the similar line as guys like Harden and Bead. Like I, I feel like he's he's been tremendous, and I feel like he's one of the most underappreciated players in, in the NBA. If you put him on the same line as Harden, that means he ain't never going to win a ring. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like, I mean, just in terms of how I feel like he's been underappreciated, and I feel like they need to put all their money on him. Because I well, say Harden is not that guy, so JT also ain't that guy. Well, look, it, granted he got hurt. Like, he showed up at the Game 7 the previous round. He had like 50, I think, at the Game 7. Yeah, 52. Um, and then in this Game 7, like, he twists his ankle the very first play but of the who, game. But who are you going to say it isn't that guy if it's not Jason Tatum? Because Giannis is widely regarded as one of the best players. He only has one ring. Like, I, yeah, I mean, well, it's, hold on. Like, like so, there's Tatum's a couple been in the things. finals already. He's he's pretty young. He's only twenty five. So, one of the things you have to consider is that if you if you're signing Jalen Brown to the supermax, you're basically putting hundred and ten ish million dollars a year between Jalen Brown and um, Jason Tatum. That leaves you about sixty million dollars to fill out the rest of your roster. Uh, depending on hold. So there's a good chance they lose Grant Williams simply because they cannot afford him to get under that second apron. Because if you hit the second apron of uh, the luxury tax, you can't get buyout guys. You can't um, use your mid-level exception and you can't trade picks for a certain amount of years. But I don't really think that's, I don't think that's any stricter than the way things have been done anyway. But like, because of that, I think it's harder to to justify signing Jalen Brown. On the other hand, if you're going to sign it, it's with the probable intention that you're going to flip it. Um, yeah, it's going to be harder to find a a, a true number two for him. Um, the names out there is it's like Damian Lord, and that's like really it. Um, yeah, I mean they're not bringing Kyrie back. I don't know really who um, you can like load them up to with like I, with some of these teams to try to. <laughs> Like even if even if you trade him to Portland because Portland decides that he's their number two guy and you're like okay we'll get the third pick Anthony Simons and Nazir Little I don't know whatever makes the math work like something like that like I don't know how much I think that may help a little bit just because you can like stabilize your your late game play with like an actual point guard who does this type of shit but the other thing is like the Missoula stuff they're losing a bunch of coaches like a bunch of them are going to Houston with uh, eBay. so it really depends. Like because of how this tax is coming in, the with the second apron of the new CBA. Unlike the last time they did this, where they um, they had one year spike and then they put it in. This year, there's no there's no gap. Next year's that mega tax, and there's a couple of teams that are already screwed for it. So the question is, like, how are you? Are you just going to try to eat it for like a year or two, and then try to figure it out? Because it's not like you they, this group hasn't been successful, but it's like very clear that these two are not going to be the guy. But Jalen Brown is not going to be the second best player on a finals team because he he still has like the same weaknesses that he had 
like a couple years ago. Like Jalen, Jason Tatum got better from last year. Like he's like, shit, I can't handle contact people. Handle contact with Jalen Brown still can't dribble. Like that's crazy. Like neither of them are fantastic passers. You don't have to be like LeBron Jokic level, but you could be better passers than they currently are. JT still a turnover king. He's still like 25. He's fine. <laughs> Do we have any concerns about Jalen? You know, one game he does have 52, and then others he, you know, is out under par. Say the same with Jimmy Butler. But Jalen or Jason? Sorry, Jalen. Jason, Jason Tatum. I think some of that has to do with the coaching. I don't think they really had a um, uh, uh, an ex- a scheme that really set them up. Besides, kind of like a like an earlier the uh, Harden Houston, where it was basically shoot a bunch of threes. Because I mean, it's yeah. statistically the right thing, but they they need some type of downhill um, game more often, especially when the threes aren't going in. And they they well, you have, have. yeah, but mm. like when they're not, so it's it, you gotta. I don't know if it's a player thing or if it's a coaching thing where you have to be able to to adjust, and they just didn't seem to do it. Like I'm not work, like I agree with Hayden. Jason Tatum is a very good player. Um, and I, I mean, he's only twenty. He's only twenty five years old. So I mean, yeah. What he's gonna I mean, say, you know. Granted, I you know how much better do these guys like when they when you're at this level? I don't know how much ultimately better he's going to get. I don't know if he's a post up game. Maybe that would help him. Um. But like, yeah, I agree. He takes too many threes, uh, but it's not. Uh, I'm not worried about him. I would be more worried about the fact that Jalen Brown's been in the league for like a decade, and he like can't dribble at all. Like, like it's understandable that Danny, like dudes like Danny Green, can't dribble, but he doesn't need to. Um, like every time Eric Gordon dribbles, it's always it's always looks odd. But they could like they're, they're better dribblers than than Jalen Brown. Well, maybe not Danny Green, but like Eric Gordon is. All right, all right. Some good stuff there. So ultimately, we should see the Celtics look different one way or the other in terms of the players or the coaching staff. And we'll see ultimately where that leads us. But other things and um, faces I'd like to you introduce and talked about, specifically the Ringer Podcast, um, Ringer Podcasting Network, a definite big influence of the Productive Conversations and soon-to-be Productive Nation podcasting network. But we have Ryan Rosilla and Bill Simmons talk CBA, which goes in effect July 1st. And taking this from The Athletic, some of the things that will take place is um, NBA postseason awards, such as the MVP in all NBA teams. Players will now have to play at least 65 games to qualify for them. But they're all qualifiers according to league sources. And um, the three exceptions there, one, bad faith on a part of the teams, an injury exception, and one for just unjust circumstances. But um, ultimately, just a way to obviously make sure we see these star players play more and uh, fix this load management problem. That's the one thing I got out of the new CBA rules. But, Bob, would like to... uh, have you elaborate what should be noticed here when the CBA goes in effect on um, July first? You also and you did hit on a little bit on the uh, luxury well, tax. It's, it's not just it's it's not just so there's the apron tax because they're they're um, basically what happened is the last time they they negotiated there was a lockout and then there was that 2016 spike 
And all the guys in that class got like uber paid. And that's basically how um, Durant ended up there. And one of the guys, the president, or maybe he's the vice president, it's uh, CJ McCall, who recognized that, hey, that, that was fucked up. I benefited from it and I shouldn't have been able to to um, get this type of money when nobody else did. Like uh, there's the John Wall quote is I'm making as much money as Reggie Jackson. Um, like <laughs> they just got paid and stuff when they, they didn't. So what they tried to do is smother it. This is which they might have done. But so to the, the 65 game, limit, there's there's a couple things we need to recognize. It's going to lead Minimum. to some weird, funky records of players like Zion Williamson will never be an all NBA player. Like <laughs> at, at, at any point, Kawhi is never going to be another all NBA player. There's a good chance LeBron is never ends up with another uh, all NBA. Um, what about Anthony Davis? His career. Yeah. Anthony he's, Davis he's is probably never, never going to be another all NBA. Like we're going to have seasons where, there's going to be guys who are clearly the best 15 guys who played like 55 games or 60 games or 62 games or something where they're just they're not eligible for rewards. And that's going to impact them for their money because a lot of the Supermax stuff is tied into whether or not you make third team only. There's like there's a good chance Julius Randle makes some third team NBA because like the next two guys didn't play enough games. Like or DeMar DeRozan makes another one or Zach Levine makes one where he because there's like four shooting guards and like that's something to, to recognize as well. But the, the cap thing is it's big because a lot of these times you can't fill out your team once you do this. I actually think the cap should have been around 200 million, especially if you're looking at the way contracts are, whether it's usually your best two guys make between about 50 and 60 million dollars a year ish. Um so that's about half of your cap space to fill out the rest of your roster. And if you hit that cap, you can't get the mid-level guys. And the mid-level thing is good for people like Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is probably not going to see another $6 million contract, 6 to 8 or whatever the, the meeting, uh, I think it was in that range, from like a Milwaukee. He's going to see like a 2 to 3. He's going to see like a 1 to 2. Like those guys are going to get squeezed. And then the guys at the bottom who are getting like the super vet minimums or like the uh, – the undrafted guys, they're going to get squeezed harder. And this was and this is going to affect team building. But it's also going to affect teams like Oklahoma City, who have they're gonna to have to pay Shea the Supermax. They're gonna to have to pay um Josh Giddy a Supermax. They're, they're, there's a chance that they're gonna to have to pay Chet um a fuck ton of money. They're gonna to have to pay Jalen Williams a fuck ton of money. They have 45 million draft picks coming up. Like the this structure is going to impact the way the teams build. For the future, because a lot of teams have set up for this decade, like the the uh, the Jazz, the Pelicans, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Spurs, to some example, like the teams that have kind of tanked their way into relevance are now going to have to figure out how to do this and change the way the contracts are going to work. So it's going to be probably a lot more declining contracts, a lot more guys maybe uh, trying to take less money and maybe getting more incentivized off of other things in order to do this because the teams aren't going to be able to just kind of spend in the way that the Warriors did and that some of these other teams did because these these penalties are so restrictive. Like if you can't do buyout guys and you can't do mid-level guys, you're basically like stuck signing Tory Craig every season. Like 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 for example, like if Phoenix is screwed, like they have like ten dollars to fill out the rest of the roster because Durant's making like 47, Booker's making a fuck ton, Aiton's making 30 million. Uh, Chris Paul, like they're going to have to trade some of these guys in order to fill out their roster under this cap. Like the same thing, like the Golden State and um, Golden State's caps 
cap situation for next year, they're $200 million. They're already like 20 million. And we just saw their GM leave. They're they're 20 million above the, uh, the apron already. Like they're probably going to have to trade Jordan Poole and Kaminga just to get under. Um, The Clippers are at 195 million and they still have their own free agents to offer. Like it is going to change the way that teams build in a way that we're, that the, the players and the, the teams aren't ready for. And it's going to both negatively impact the teams that are built to win now and the teams that are built to win in the future. The guys in the middle, like like uh, the Knicks and shit, they're probably fine for it right now. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be an interesting time for the league because for a while we just need crazy spending as a way to win, you know, free agents over. And now we don't have that anymore. Um, I know you look at some of the big contracts back a few years ago and you question every day, the Timothy Mozgov, salute dangs, all that kind of money. Uh, that was just the wild west at the time. But uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these teams build going forward, knowing that they have a lot more restrictions than before. And I think looking at the Thunder is a perfect example because they have a bunch of young talent. And eventually as it's looking right now, most of that young talent is panning out between Jay, Giddy, Jalen Williams, hope Chet pans out. And there are a bunch of other picks they have. Um, so they're going to be having to spend money. And then at that moment, it's like, if they're competing now, it's like, do we offset some of that to get, you know, veteran talent that's cheaper so we don't have to pay the young guys? So I think it's going to be a really, really interesting time the next few years to see how team building is done. Is it more penny pinching or, you know? Well, some teams have to. Like, like, that. like yeah. some of these teams have to because these these contracts are already on the books so they didn't realize exactly. this was yeah. coming. Like they did a bad job of negotiating this without having it like having it come in like maybe in two years down the road where teams could get an idea and get ready for this. It just bam, you're screwed down. Like so there are the teams are gonna have to decide, like, you know, what am I doing? Like there's gonna be teams like unless Oklahoma City can say, Hey Jalen, I need you to take like a twenty million dollar cut, like they may have to trade. Or, like, they cannot afford these guys. Like, there's a good chance Grant William walks because they cannot afford him. There's a chance that guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess walk because they cannot afford them. Like, first off, the idea that they have, like, $10 million. Like, we're never going to see, um, like, a Duncan Robinson get $90 million. Like, that shit is never happening. Not a bad thing for someone who misses all those open shots when it matters. Well, like, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, but it hurts those guys. It hurts those guys. Yeah. It hurts the like like a DeAndre Ayton type player is never getting anywhere near that much money. But it's good for the guys at the top because if you get your two guys who make up like ninety percent of your cap, they're getting paid, and it's basically like crumbs for everybody. Like you can't pay like you're the like you maybe gonna be if you have a guy who's like 50, 60 million, like you have two of those. Your your third guy is gonna make like ten instead of making twenty five to eighteen. 18 to 25. Like, like that's what the trickle down. Like guys like um, I don't know, like I don't even know who you, who would be a perfect example of this. I guess Desmond Bain, like if yeah. you're putting the money into like Jaw and and Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain's contract is not going to be like whatever Tobias Harris is. It's gonna be like Duncan Robinson. It's gonna be like three for thirty. Like it, they they literally cannot sign them to larger contracts. Yeah. I also just want to say, I was thinking all that. I'm like, I think the age of like future contracts, like projecting the future, like Duncan Robinson, right? Like the heat gave him that contract thinking he was going to continue to develop. And he just like, he's hasn't, he's went from 
being good at inconsistent, right? I think now with this new CBA, I think that's done. I, I unless they are a clear cut like superstar level player, I don't think the guys like Duncan Robinsons of the world or Gabe Vincent's even, um, you know, who have these great, you know, even look at Moore right now too. It's like who have these great postseasons or whatever. Like they're not going to get like, oh, you had a great postseason. We hope you do that now. Translate that to the regular season. Here's a four-year, ninety million dollar contract. We hope everything works out. Jordan Poole too, right? Like, you know, that kind of didn't pan out. Can you blame Draymond on that? Sure. Maybe he leaves and he becomes but Jordan Poole bold, right? But I just think teams are going to be really weary on extensions unless they clearly know these guys are going to be stars. Yeah, we at least also, like the uh, the guys who are doing this, like it's going to make the first picks, like it's going to put more pressure on these, these first of all picks and stuff mm-hmm. like win now. And for like teams to figure out how to build it. Like San Antonio is in a weird spot. Like how, how are you going to afford, like they have cap space so they can absorb some of this to try to figure it out. But they got guys who are coming up. Uh, Devin Vassell is going to be coming up soon. Uh, they still don't have a center. Um, I, I think that they're probably going to trade Keldon. And, and, and this, like thinking about this, I, you can't Denver, um, Orlando can't do the, the, the game trade. Because he's under contract to like 2027, and they're going to have to pay Franz. They're going to have to pay uh, Paolo. They might have to pay Bobo. Um, they might have to pay uh, – what's his face? Um, uh, Wendell Carter. Like they got all these young guys, and you can't go get that guy with all these rookie contract guys unless you know that that guy is going to get you to win now, and then all these rookie guys are going to take cuts. Do we at least – see any benefit on the competitive aspect having more teams in it i i don't know i mean like it we, we have to wait because we don't know if teams are going to say fuck it anyway and just go over the yeah, cap. Exactly, yeah. like like people will still go to the hornets because they out because they give them like 40 to 30 million dollars over the cap space because you know they want the money and then they don't care and they won't they won't put like like nick batum did when when they when they signed it like those contracts are still going to exist somewhere. Like some, like teams are going to be able to find. Like if you want the money, you'll find it. But it's, I don't, I don't know how much it'll affect the competitiveness. I think the idea that we're going to have like big threes and stuff is probably over. Um, well, some people are excited for that. Both traditional, yeah, well, and, like you know, I'm fine with that. But like, like that. you bring back the like, big three. There should be. I, well, there that's should been be working so well. <laughs> Um, there should be some type of uh, benefit for a team that keeps their guys. Like Denver mm-hmm. kept their guys. Um, but Oklahoma City is going to more or less be forced to choose. Like, like it, Or Golden State like is the perfect example. Seth Curry has been there for years. Like There should be a point where if you've been with your team for like a decade, and again, fucking, I don't, I, Bill's, Bill was right about this. Like your, cal- your, your salary at a certain level like if you've been with your team for a decade, certain some percentage of it on a in an increasing scale as your salary goes up and as your years with the team go up should count less against the cap. So like you could still pay Steph Curry 250 million, but only like 40 million of it that year count against the cap. So you have a little bit more wiggle room because you've had that guy for a decade. So you could keep all your homegrown guys and you're not like forced to trade them because your team is uh up against the hard cap with like 17 players left to sign. Oh man. The future is going to be bright. And again, this all will become official on the 7th 
oh sorry seventh why i say that the seventh month but on july 1st so we'll see how that all pans out and quick thing that also broke right before this did you guys see that shannon sharp is leaving undisputed right after the yeah. nba finals i actually did not see that so yeah they don't uh, um, agree to a buyout with i didn't see that either exactly he broke about an hour and a half ago mm-hmm. so, I don't he's done? Sports shows like that so i don't know yeah, so I get so I wonder if this is a result after the Damar Hamlin incident. It seemed like that beat is it gonna really be is it, is it going to be like an emotional thing when he leaves Skip? I don't well, know. I guess we'll see at the um, yeah. at, at the end of the yeah. finals. Yeah, I was but say, it wasn't I a think... fallout. It wasn't a fallout between him and Skip, though, right? Like uh, Stephen A. And Skip. We don't know that a little bit. We don't know for sure. It, it there was definitely some tension these last few months between the two. Of there them. wasn't a falling so, out between Skip yeah. and uh, Skip Stephen A. When they they left, they left. Yeah, absolutely. so like there wasn't. They actually those two actually loved each other. Yeah, so like I think I think they're gonna mutually respect each other and leave. Like I don't think like Skip's gonna rip Shannon for <laughs> green to a buyout. I think I think it kind of became at least maybe from Shannon's perspective, that it was just the end of the road between them and their relationship, and he doesn't want it, I guess, to be affected in a negative way. I think they, from the stuff that happened with some of the previous fallouts, I think they talked about it long and hard, and that's why they've stuck together these last few months. But I think he, Shannon just wants to move on, I think they'll end it peacefully, I would hope. I, I would not. I would hate to see the two of them you know, go on separate podcasts after the fact and rip one another after all the years they've been together. So... It's definitely an interesting time to hear it. I wasn't. I like, mean, what, what you but... have to what you have to realize is that like Shannon Sharp could try to like stake his territory in the way, but like Skip Bayless is like in terms of sports media, he's right behind like Stephen A. because he's yeah, the one who people be want to listen to. They want to listen to Skip more than they want to listen to Shannon Sharp. Like, like Skip, you know. Skip's gonna be fine. Shannon's gonna be fine. I love Shannon. Yeah, like Shannon. I mean, Shannon I like Shannon Sharp too, but Skip Bayless is Skip Bayless's voice in the, the sports media world is just you know. Yeah, he's got the he's got more of the knowledge. He's a he's a preeminent figure just because people want to listen to what he says because it's what he says is so so crazy most of the time that they yeah, just you got your, what they're hearing. You got your sports analyst and your former player, not maybe not basketball, but he played he played football. So former player, he does bring the knowledge of a former player. I, I will say that it's an era that will be missed. I will say that. Yeah, we'll miss the Shannon memes because some of those memes were Uncle Stay, Uncle Stay, unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Some of those memes that came out of that show. Anyone want to throw names? Who should replace Shannon Sharp? Probably going to be an athlete if if he's going to replace him. Throw it yeah, out there. I gotta there. tell you, I put JJ Reddick on that show. I would Ooh, say I would say JJ Reddick leaving the go. JJ Reddick would skip Bayless. That would be. Oh my gosh, that would be unbelievable if they could do that, but they're not going to. Hey, wh- JJ Reddick actually Steven- has had coaching interviews, so was it Steve was it Stephen A and Max that fell out? Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't they didn't have a falling yeah. out. They actually liked each other. It's just they didn't work well together. Like they, yeah, the know, they, they didn't have good chemistry. Don't they didn't have good chemistry because nah, yeah. I read his Max book. was looking foolish. I read his I read his book. Um I read his book um Stephen A's. Uh, yeah, Stephen A's book, Straight Shooter, and like he he actually liked Matt Kellerman personally. They just uh, they just didn't gel like professionally, and like it's just they didn't have good chemistry on it. That's what it was. Stephen mm. A. What if Stephen A. leaves? He won't. He won't ever leave ESPN. But imagine he left to rejoin with Skip <laughs> to go to Fox Two. They would. Yeah. They love each other. Those two love each other. Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna have a reunion at one point. Definitely. Like, like, it's like 
it's like Mike and the Mad Dog. It's like Mike and the Mad Dog. Mike and Mad Dog still. I mean, they've had reunions before. It's like it was the same thing, like Skip and uh, Stephen. Jeez, yeah. I just wonder who. There's no one at the top of my head I could think of. Uh, who? Yo. Me? Of course I'll go one on one with Skip Bayless. Let's do this. That's why I train every day with this show for that. You should you be fun to see any of you guys. An interesting guy to put on would be Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. I thought of Brandon Marshall. I thought of Brandon Marshall. That's funny. That's pretty funny. If, if they wanted to, that would, that would be a good guy. It would be an interesting oh, guy to put on, but I don't really I, know. I, I, mean, I played some of his radio shows, and he's actually like he's a actually pretty, pretty good. Like, I actually, actually yeah. kind of like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. JJ's been killing it. Yeah, I guess I guess he would have to just you know get bought out himself at ESPN. And yeah, JJ I mean, Reddick. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, John Jastrzemski, but no, oh. JJ Reddick's cool. John Jastrzemski. Yeah, I, I forgot about him. I'm not, I'm not a fan of. Man, <laughs> Brian, Brian Scalabrini. Brings, what about, Brings what, Scalabrini. about Carton, what about Carton and Stephen A. and Skip Bayless together? Oh my God, Carton. And Skip no. Bayless. Me and Alex were talking about. We'd be happy with that. We're not Carton guys, so yeah, we're not. You can leave guys. the fan. I, mean, I would not tune into that show at all. <laughs> oh, Carton. Oh man, that is Look, not John Johnson television. Here. That's hard past television for me. Okay. So basically a lot of us were a lot I guess with ESPN and Fox being the heavy hitters there. Um you could just go switch. Um yeah. You know Pat McAfee's going to ESPN, so it might get Ryan. Oh Pat McAfee's going there? Yeah, he's uh he's um gonna do he well his show is gonna stay the same on YouTube and channel but he's leaving they FanDuel might, to do they ESPN. might get uh they might get Ryan Leaf on there too he's just Ryan Leaf yeah. it'd be a nice story be a little comeback story there yes possibilities are endless so let us get to this part guys let us say it right here right now let us make our finals predictions pick the um numbers you know four one four two and the team and uh let's see how accurate we will be and we will have the we will see who legit was right or wrong. The, uh, I got the Nuggets in five. Like it's easy. Hayden Nuggets in I five. Got, okay. Yeah. I got Nuggets in four. Call them for a sweep. Don't think the Heat are gonna be able to size up with them. So Nuggets in four. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Nuggets in four for a young. Uh, I got Nuggets in five. Nuggets in five. Okay. Faces before with I that. Answer, before I answer. Um, how many of y'all took Boston last series? I did. I did. Uh, I, I, I did as baby. well. Yeah, heat and six, baby. Because I gotta be the. I gotta. I gotta be the one. I gotta heat be and the six. One. Heat okay, and six. but like, heat and six. can we acknowledge that like a third of your arguments were in favor of why the Nuggets would win? <laughs> a third of my a third of my arguments a third of my arguments were to show if you know if Jimmy Butler decided to you know watch you know. PCP real quick, he would realize what he got to do real quick. You know what I'm saying? But hey, a third of my arguments, but two thirds of my arguments was about how do we heat can take this. So hey, if we're doing yeah, statistics, your arguments were why side. the Heat should win. They shouldn't have been about why the Nuggets are going to win. <laughs> That's called Listen. not being a good debate, bro. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. I but think I hit my point. Whoa. Whoa, we've got to put on the gloves in this chat. Whoa. I'm sorry, Yo, listen, I think hey, listen, I think I, I think I I think I debated my points just right, okay? I, I, I said exactly what the Nuggets have to do to win. 
And I, I don't think I stated much with the Heat got to do the win because the Heat already know what they got to do to win. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's easy to sound like a the sixth grade basketball coach. Take out their best hey. players, play good defense, and make shots, and have a little bit of fun. Yeah, do the Joe Mazzulla at the end. Listen, listen, listen. Joe Mazzulla said, mm-hmm, "Yep, okay." He got his best pop pop on. All right, he got his best. He got his best pop on. You should be happy about that box. Joe Mazzulla's walking in the pop, the pop is the best. The doc pop of his pop shoes. Go. And but you know who's the best now? Eric Spoelstra. Eric Spoelstra, seven pop. finals experience. Still, Pop is and, still a better coach. His team is just bad. <laughs> I can't say that. If he was a better coach, and he'd be bringing these guys who got drafted to the top, but they're not doing nothing. That's all I'm really saying. Like, just you got Eric Spoelstra, and he's got, got Eric Spoelstra. More, he's, he's got, got Eric twice as many rings as uh, that's, 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 that, that's not the point he's making. He's saying that who's the better coach right now, like in the present moment. And Eric Spoelstra, right now in the present moment, is a better coach than Greg Is the better coach. He's not saying Greg Popovich is a better coach. Not saying in terms of career. Not saying in terms of career. Greg Popovich is the greatest coach in NBA history, but right now, if you look at right now, I don't know if you can uh, say Eric Spolster at this exact time. So much better. Right now, Eric Spolster right now is a better coach. I agree than with him. Anyone else in the league? <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying overall. I'm not saying overall. Greg Popovich is the greatest coach in NBA history. He is. Let me go right now. It's like very like is Bill Belichick a better coach than like a guy who's like you know having a great year in the in the NFL. It would, like compared, it would be like compared. It would be like a yeah. Kansas Chief coach, Andy Reid. Yeah, it would be yeah, like I'm trying to make Andy a Reed. I'm trying to make a comparison. Like it's that's the comparison. Is he a better coach than Andy Reid? Who? Um, Bill Belichick? No, Joe not Bill not Bell. right now. No, not right. Not at this moment. No. Wait, hold on. Bill Belichick hasn't been a better coach than Andy Reid in a long time. Yeah, so. since yeah. Well, to be fair, Andy Reid has been in. Three of the two of the last three yeah. Super Bowls, our Bills hasn't been there since eighteen. Been in Cancun. I mean, it really. It, <laughs> the, also, the Spurs were in rebuilding, so you can't really like. Judge yeah, you keep, that's that, I literally said that like three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't judge it. Like you can't judge. Like it, it's hard to judge. But I would say our, our I would say right now, our exposure is the better coach. Give it like two years of Webby, and we'll, we'll have a different. Listen, man. Yeah. It, it will be when, when they start winning. It's an entirely different conversation. But I'm just looking in terms of what they're what each team's doing right now. It's, Listen, it, homie. It's hard to compare, but. Listen, right now, Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. I would as a Heat fan, I, at this exact moment, it's only as him a Heat fan. Fuck them Spurs. So, mm-hmm. as a Heat fan, fuck them Spurs. Hey man, you got a you got a fucking title off of Ray Allen travel. Like you ruined Tim Duncan having being undefeated at the finals. Yo, yo, it sounds like a bunch of cattle walling to me. He takes the night. Oh, yes. That was a travel, 100%. 100%. Hey, call it you think it was a travel, right? A Young? It, we call it a championship. I have to go back and look at the tape, but... <laughs> he takes the nine steps. Because you have the ability. I also think Tim Duncan missed a point range J in, in the game seven. I want to say that he did with, like, under... When well, they're down two. Yes, like yes. Under. Okay, I'm sorry the best player since... The best player of his generation made one mistake at one point in his career. I'm just saying, I'm just saying for that. He, you know, that's... that's <laughs> Tim Duncan was, like, 37 years old at that point. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. He, yeah, he got that, five. And look what it cost him. Look what it cost him. Oh, my lighting is bad right Matt, now. What's, but... what's your prediction before we completely go way yeah. off the rails here? Exactly. Let's go, Matt. Everyone. What's your prediction, Matt? <laughs> I'm going with Denver in six. I think he can. this Heat team can squeeze out two wins, but Denver is going to win their first ever NBA Finals. And yeah, guys, well, that was great in every sense of the word. 
We're going to watch game one on Thursday, game two on Sunday, and we're going to record on Monday. We're back on Tuesday talking about game one and game two. Matt. Yep. Let's not forget that this this Heat team is the first eight seed to make it with a full full 82 games. With a full 82 games. That is true. That is true. But they're not a real eight seed. And also remember what happened the last time an eight seed made it to the finals? Don't remind me. Oh, I'm going to talk all day about that shit. <laughs> it started, it started a dynasty. All right, guys. I will talk to you on Monday, and we will release it on Tuesday. Have a great night. Those are my guys right there. Thank you so much for your analysis, insight, good memories, and all in between. Great job, guys. I am really looking forward to covering this NBA Finals with you all. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Brock Pod, Facebook at Productive Conversations, TikTok at Productive Conversations, and check us out on YouTube as well at Productive Conversations. So we will be back on Tuesday. We are going to cover the first two games of this series and... Let us see where it happens from there. And we have a lot of good stuff coming in June. We're going to have some more tweet caps for you. We're going to have another topic, Thunder. Going to have some new guests and introduce ourselves to some new people along the way. We're going to cover the next UFC event, UFC 289. What else are we doing this month? NBA draft, a little baseball probably, and a lot more. This is going to be a good summer. I will make sure of it. And then before you know it, we're going to start covering football again and mixing in some new shows with the football season as well. Let's let's just enjoy the moment. Let us make sure we make the most of this summer. And yeah, let's have a smile on our face while we do it. So with all that, I want to thank Faces, Hayden, Alex, bars for coming on and talking and previewing the nba finals with me thank you to alexander de jesus aka dollar rent for what he does behind the scenes and thank you the greatest fans and listeners in the world for always supporting us no matter what so let us now have a wonderful weekend let us enjoy what the summer is and let's just make some good decisions and always do the right thing stay safe out there my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and i'll see you tuesday covering game one and game two much love everybody and don't forget a chicken on your friends and family all right summer's here peace